We are Victim of Illusion, you are listening to the tall, friendly, Atheist Dead podcast. And the next 30 seconds are brought to you by our album Invisible Light, available at our Bandcamp website. So far from lies and hypocrisy This is part two of my chat with social media expert and future movie director Joe Henkel, where we discuss the good and bad of social media, how disagreements should be dealt with, what we do and don't like about the nature of debate, and about monetizing content online. Enjoy. Sure. But one of the other things that I did want to discuss was why Twitter, in particular Twitter, gets toxic so easily. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, there, part of that might be, I mean, there, there's, I think a part of it that can be bad and there's part of it that's good. You know, if people are going to tweet what, what's on their mind and what's on their heart and Twitter's a lot of times going to reveal what people are on inside. So sometimes mm -hmm. there are, you know, evil things that people do say on, on Twitter or social media or posts. And, um, I mean, it exposes that and it, it there's people who, who have, you know, there's crimes that have been solved because of posts on social media or, you know, something stupid that someone posted on social media about a crime that they just did. And they're, you know, in prison for that. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. there's like that good, if you go to the extreme, there's that good, there's that accountability. And um, I think socially we, we kind of keep people in check and we, we keep our friends in check. They're like, Hey, why are you think, why are you posting this or, why are you just so once in a while I'll, I'll tweet something when I'm kind of angry and a friend will text me like, Hey, Joe, you're doing all right. Like you just <laughs> yeah, seem angry. Yeah. And I think that's like a good part of accountability. Right. And that's yeah, a good indeed. part of like, you know, helping our friends and keeping um, each other in check. But then there's obviously the other extreme where people just want attention and they're just putting crazy stuff out there just to get clicks and get attention. And that's just a bad way. It's, it's not a, healthy way to necessarily get attention, just putting out their crazy things just to get clicks. But sometimes, I mean, um, there's, there's a, I think, a healthy balance in between where we figure out like, oh, how can we board something a specific mm -hmm. way or yeah. present something in a way that I think it would get people interested. That's a good way of putting it, Joel. I like I like that. Uh, one of the other things though as well is there are some people who have yeah, lost lost their jobs or been uh, reprimanded in some aspects because of tweets from five, ten years ago. I, I am of the opinion that people can change over time. Yeah, And absolutely. that sometimes what people post either for a laugh or, you know, just like what we might call shit posting or mm. just saying dumb stuff like in the, in the way that a comedian says dumb stuff for a laugh. 
Yeah. But then to hold that against a person and, I suppose, treat them as if they're anathema. I, think I may have made this uh, known to you before some time, is that I'm not a big fan of cancel culture. Sure. Because I'm not a big fan of demonization. I would much rather engage... And, you know, if someone is wrong, then, you know, we can explain to them why they're wrong. And so even if the other person doesn't get it, just having that engagement and in public so that the audience can actually see that flow of ideas, that's what I would rather see. You know, if you just go cancel that person and then like you, you call up the university where they're about where they're about to speak and you say, you know, um, I want this I want you to disinvite this person uh, because of something they said, you know, X number of years ago that they might not hold on to now, um, stuff like that. Yeah, and I, I love the point you made about just being kind of gracious with people and allow and realizing people are change, you know, people mm. are continually changing. And hopefully, you know, we've all said things either in, in private conversations or online that are just stupid or... Yep. um are different than what we think or or feel now or um looking back at it you know uh, uh, facebook has the the memories feature where it <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Mem memories like um you know we all joke about how how those kind of make us cringe like oh this is what we said five <laughs> yeah. or ten years ago yeah, yeah, yeah um definitely and and we're, we're just changing and hopefully growing in a good direction and mm -hmm. um we're learning and we're learning you know how to treat people better hopefully and oh and indeed indeed but so, you don't but i think you don't get there by i suppose piling in mm. on someone I, I would much rather do it by and this is kind of my i suppose my atheist evangelist style is by you know being your friend and like, you know, if you say something I disagree with, you know, one, I might just let it slide because I'm not here to win every point. This is one thing I realized as a, as a middle-aged dad on Twitter is that like, there are always going to be wrong people on the internet. Mm. There is no way that you can sit there for hours a day and go, that person's wrong, follow the thread. That person's wrong, yeah, yeah. follow the thread. That person's wrong. It One, it makes you look like, oh, what was that? I don't know if you're familiar with South Park. There was a character from South Park. He, I think his famous line is, if you didn't want me to correct you, you shouldn't have been wrong. <laughs> I think, and there, there are times when I've gone into that persona. I've realized, hold on, no, this, this isn't... It's easy, especially on Twitter, especially on Twitter, because Twitter, you've only got so much uh, room to play with. Bang, here's my Turinated characters. Hit send. The, the, the fire has been lit. You know, come at me. That's not the way to correct someone when they're wrong. It's not the way to build friends. It's not the way to just get along. Yeah. And I think, like, we all want to see... We we all have kind of visions of what we think is better. And, and we, we all want to see, you know, our friends grow and 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 change in a way that's healthy for them and all that those types mm -hmm. of things right so um but there's deeply held beliefs and um philosophies and ways that we think and uh, uh you know believe if we, god exists or not or if we mm -hmm. believe you know um po political beliefs and all those types of things it's like it's almost impossible to change someone's mind in a tweet right Indeed. and it's, yes. it takes time for people to change and figure it out and um 
and sometimes it's just not it's not our responsibility to change people and mm -hmm. it takes time that they have to you know people learn different ways and mm. social media is a good way to kind of educate and help people and all that but it takes a lot of time for someone to change your opinion on something mm. that yeah. i think the effect most effective way isn't like getting angry and, and trying to fix them in a, a couple couple tweets but i think like just being gracious with people helps a lot and a lot and being gracious with people and realizing like they're in a different place and they're on their journey and they're trying to figure things out that's like yeah I, as as a friend, I'm going to encourage my friends and and try to point them in the right direction and have conversations and and you know we're going to try to help each other. But like, we can't fix people in a tweet or change people in the way that we think would be fixing them. That's inter that's interesting. You 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 say that because um, probably the most famous example of someone being changed through the power of friendship, uh, Daryl Davis. Uh, Daryl Davis is a is a middle aged uh, African American uh, jazz musician, hmm. and he actually convinced the head of the Ku Klux Klan to leave the Klan. Hmm. And he actually tells his I think uh, he told a story on Joe Rogan. I think he did a TED talk as well. Yeah. Um, but you know he actually sat down with. Um, he, he tells a story of how he got like the Grand Wizard of the KKK in a room with his security and you know for for a few hours they were talking and they were, they were saying that at one at one point in time the ice that was keeping their cans cold um popped and they the, they all thought that you know a gum or a bomb was about to go off and then they like all realized how ridiculous they were being how how nervous and how yeah, how paranoid they're all being mm. over like something like uh, the melting ice popping stuff like that and but I think this is also another aspect of human nature that does get exacerbated online is that 50, 100 years ago, you know, you would have had people who said obviously incredibly racist things and incredibly dumb things and incredibly incorrect things. And the power to change it wouldn't have been through cancelling them or disinviting them. It would have been actually going there and educating them. And look, if they didn't change their mind, they didn't change their mind. That's... Mm. There's there's no guarantee that once you give someone all the facts, you know that that they're going to see things from your point of view. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, but you know, if you can at least build build that bridge, then you can at least invite them over to your side. And if they like your side of the equation better, then hey, you know, you've uh, one you've made a friend, and two, you know, you've you found some you found someone who agrees with you. Yeah, and I love that example. I've, I've watched that TED, TED talk. Is really oh, have, like, fascinating. Okay, I think he actually goes into more detail in in his Joe Rogan uh, in his Joe Rogan interview. Okay, which I'll is have a to lot a lot out. a lot more long form. But yeah, if you can, uh, one thing uh, just from our previous uh, content creator uh, part of the chat that we were discussing before was now my understanding is that some of the bigger um, or some of the more well known content creators have teams hmm. working for them as well. And I think this is another reason why, like, especially small people like me get a, a little bit disheartened is that, you know, they, they see, you know, this guy get, you know, a capillion clicks on a, you know, on, on a two minute video or you know, stuff, stuff like that. 
and then you don't realize that that person probably has has a script writer he then mm-hmm. has a video editor um he then has like a social media uh, manager he then has you know other people working working with him yeah absolutely so you know so little, little old me on his on his desk with his with his microphone and his mixer <laughs> you know goes oh my gosh why is that one person getting all the, all this uh all this uh interaction online and you know why do why do his videos look so good and <laughs> all this kind of stuff and then you realize that that person is basically the figurehead of a team that is doing all these little things that you know, you as a person struggle. So, you know, you've got to write the script, you've got to edit the video, you've got to edit all, all the audio, you've got mm. to, you know, do the social media and all, all that kind of stuff. When you started your content creator journey that you would have felt that same disheartened feeling. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like having some of that clarity of where you're trying to go helps a lot. It, uh, I think I'm being at peace with, oh, it's, I, my podcast or my show or my content's going to grow slower it is okay. But mm-hmm. if someone has the resources and they want to spend the resources, whether, you know, money or they have um, a cause or a, uh, a content that people are so passionate about, mm-hmm. sometimes people are going to get behind it, you know? So just the fact of people getting behind and sharing content on social media helps a lot, you know, like, sharing the, your podcast with um, people share their podcasts with, with their friends and, and those types of things. So sometimes there's like the community that, that helps with that. But then sometimes mm-hmm. it's just people getting behind like, oh, I, I love what you're doing. Can I help? So that helps. But also um, if from business point of view, a lot of these platforms have people like coming in and helping and creating their content. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Jake and Logan Paul don't edit their own videos anymore. Joe Rogan probably has never edited his own podcast episodes, <laughs> yeah, that, right? That that will be fun to see Joe, Joe Rogan behind a computer, you know, swearing his guts out, going, "Why isn't this working?" You know, that, yeah, yeah. That'd be, no, I don't. don't uh, you're right. I don't think Joe does his own stuff. Yeah. So, like, um, if someone has or wants to spend the money on it, and they have the energy to like figure out, oh, this is how my you know platform is starting to create some revenue and spending some of that money on on building a team is really helpful mm-hmm. but um also if you're not able to right now and and you don't want to like just being patient with yourself is huge i think that's actually a very good lesson uh, joe be patient mm. because yeah you know um i can tell you from my personal experience i've only like i started my podcast back in in march and you know i am where i am and look i i would like to be further ahead but you know i'm happy with the with the growth that i have because you know i i i work uh, so i actually run my my own business i have okay. to i have two growing kids you know uh, my wife works a night shift as well mm. so i've got all those things i need to juggle and you know, sometimes you know sometimes that the podcast is the last thing i want to be thinking about mm. You know, and and then and then when you see you know these the Logan the 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 Paul brothers and you know all these other content creators, you know getting capillions of hits for you know like a five minute video. So oh my god, what are they doing? Then you realize that what they're doing is they've basically made a, a full time job, and they're spending the money for the resources. And they've well, for, well, firstly they've put the years in. 
again, this is something that we talked about before is that yeah, no one wakes up and gets like a million uh, a million uh, followers in 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 the first week. One of the things that you have to you have to build up to. And and those situations like are extremely rare if it happens, but um, but then you also realize like oh, if you're gonna hire out, let's say you're starting to make some revenue from YouTube or from um, affiliate marketing on on your Instagram or Twitter or YouTube, mm-hmm. um, if you have to make a decision, oh, do you want to invest that back into your into having someone help with your content? And mm-hmm. I talk to a lot of people who are trying to do it full time and have a team, and yep. it works well for them. But um, you know, going back to being patient and and knowing kind of what your goal is helps a lot with um, people who aren't able to do that. Norris, so Joe, what do you, at what stage do you make money off of YouTube? Yeah, so um, there's there's lots of different ways. For the way that I'm doing it right now is AdSense, where it's they run ads on your channel and you get yep. paid directly through them per you know each ad view on your videos. And it takes a little bit of time, a thousand subscribers and four thousand hours of watch time. So what could you reasonably expect to make from AdSense revenue? Yeah, so it adds up to about $6 every thousand views. So that's gonna be different for different people and depends what their niche is and all that. So yep. for right now, for me, at a, I'm getting you know 30,000 views a month on poetry videos and mm-hmm. I get like $50 a month. So it's <laughs> it's not a lot, but, it, but it's a nice income stream. It's better than nothing. Right, so how else do you, how else can you make money from YouTube? So um, if you have your own business that's connected to what, uh, or you sell a product or service connected to the content you create, you can sell directly to customers. And um, so you're saying merch? Yeah. So it could be merch. It could be, you know, um, maybe someone does a, has a baking channel and they sell their own, maybe they sell recipes or maybe okay, they yep. sell um, uh, pots or handmade, you know, um, kitchen utensils or, or, you know, so like thinking of a product or service you can create around your content is, is a way that you can sell directly to your audience, Mm -hmm. but you realize like, oh, that's going to take a little bit of time to kind of build up and it's going to take work to create and sell that. But also like, and I think uh, I'm I'm, going to stop you there and I really want to reiterate this for the listeners. Mm. It is time. It is Mm. time and patience that gets you to that level. Yeah, absolutely. It does take time and effort, and it's a little bit like a basketballer. Like no one, no one wakes up out of bed, walks into a court, and is taking on LeBron James in one in one on one. You know, you've got to put the you got to put the time, and you got to put the skills, and you have to learn your lessons. You have to, you know, you have to have a plan to get to that level where you can take on LeBron James one on one. That's true. Indeed, indeed. Um, but in terms of strictly monetizing content, is AdSense the only way? Are there other ways you can monetize? Yeah, so um, uh, affiliate and sponsorships is a, another great way. So yeah, so sponsorships is pays you directly to mention them or to create some kind of ad or mm-hmm. awareness in your in your content. So that would might be, you know, making five Instagram posts each month about them or okay, yep. maybe that's, mentioned them in halfway through your podcast or YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, so sponsorships where people, are, where 
those brands are paying you directly just for brand awareness and to mention them or to run an ad in their in the content. But affiliates are similar, except you're getting a percentage of commission for anything you sell. So a lot of um, technology YouTubers will do this really well, where they're like already talking about um, technology they're buying and they'll talk about phones and they'll talk about, you know, whatever camera equipment they're using. And then they'll use maybe an Amazon affiliate or another uh, affiliate. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then they'll get a percentage of anything that their viewers buy from that brand. Okay. Any other ways? So educate us if you could, Joe. Yeah. Educate so um, Patreon or donation based um, or, or community based like platform where, uh, for example, Patreon, yep. maybe your audience is just so passionate about your cause or they're just so passionate about your art. Or no, content that now, do you do you have a particular uh, favorite amongst all the different uh online uh crowdfunding platforms i actually haven't used any yet um i'm sure i will I'll, i'm sure i'll launch something soon but i haven't done the research to I, okay decide. all right because like I, I actually do have a patreon but i mm. just found i haven't actually had the time to actually make something of it and this mm. is something that I, I need to i need to work on but surely um I know Patreon's the biggest one, but who else was? What else was it? Uh, OnlyFans, as well. Mm. Um, what else was it? There was, I think, there's a couple of there's a couple of others that escaped me as 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 well. But uh, GoFundMe, as yeah, well, yeah. if you wanted to uh, jump on jump on stuff like that. Yeah, or you know, Kickstarter or oh, that's right. Where, yeah. where sometimes you know, it's only donation based, or sometimes with Patreon, you can build different tiers or perks yep. that your audience gets. So um, kind of knowing your audience and like, oh, what, why the people like your show or what value you can give to them beyond your content is another great way. Okay, that's uh, some, some, some good advice. Yeah, and, and um, there's, there's definitely other ways and kind of figuring out like, First of all, what you create and what you can um, create around that. Sometimes people will offer, you know, exclusive content or mm -hmm. um, you get to listen to the episode early or you get to yeah. get in a Zoom call with this person and ask questions once a month. I indeed, so, like, and this is this is something I notice that a lot of the uh, the bigger podcasters do, especially ones that. Uh, have the combined audio plus video uh, platforms is that you know they will they will record the video of their of their episode they will record extra material and then use that extra material as a patreon patreon only bonus mm -hmm. and then after maybe a year or so release that uh, release that episode you know, for the for the for the general public mm. and and that's a great great strategy which is yeah, indeed, an, an, an interesting way, but it does take it does take, I suppose, time and quality control and effort. In that, you know, you got to make your regular content, then you have to, you know, be able to plan for that kind of stuff. And I think this is maybe one of the other lessons uh, that listeners can take is plan mm. as well. And this is, uh, I think, especially um, I might think, think I might have touched on that before is that you know you can create the content but the listeners also want something to connect to as well. And they want to see you know, consistency both in release schedule and quality as well. And if you're just creating content for the sake of creating content, 
then I think in some aspects the audience is quite uh, smart to it in that they can tell that you're just creating for the sake of creating Mm -hmm. rather than trying to make a point, rather than trying to uh, say something deep and intellectual. Mm. Yeah, and I think that definitely like comes into the type of content and the niche that you have, right? Some Mm -hmm. people, I don't necessarily like comedy um, podcast, but I know some people listen to it and they, they like hearing people joke around and a couple of friends just talk for a while. That's not the type of show that I tend to listen to. I tend to listen to something that's more informative, but that mm-hmm. kind of comes into, you know, that person knowing what they're creating and being consistent in that. Well, indeed. And this is, but this is the beauty of the technology behind it all is that, mm. you know, the technology has made it so easy for you know people like me to sit in a bedroom and you know make make episodes and interview people like you and all all this kind of stuff but one question i did have before uh, i will let you go jay it's been about now already it's been it's been a really good chat yeah Um, the the future of social media what do you think it will look like what do you think the next steps in technology will be um just what are your thoughts there yeah i think um i mean specifically with Meta and Mark Zuckerberg and the um, virtual reality and augmented reality, I think that's a definitely we're headed in that direction more mm-hmm. and more. And I mean, that's still, that's a regular part of a lot of people's lives already. But mm-hmm. um, it's apparently Facebook and Instagram, which now are Meta, are going to move more yeah. towards where they're trying to gonna be pushing virtual reality. So that's going to be. Uh, interesting and a fun and scary new wave of um, what social media is going to become. But I, I also don't think like YouTube and Twitter and um, you know some of the other platforms aren't going to really go anywhere. I think YouTube is going to exist as either a library or as a platform for for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with, I mean, Twitter's still super popular and people still love to engage and and it's still kind of important. So like, I think in the next, like, let's say 20 years, some of the platforms are going to kind of continue and people are going to still use them for what they are. And, but um, we're definitely headed a lot more towards virtual reality and um, being more engaged in that sense. Uh, Which is both uh, scary and exciting at the same Mm. time. So, Joe, before I let you go, what have you got coming up? What can we look forward to on your YouTube channel? Yeah, so on my channel, I do poetry videos every week. So some mm-hmm. classic um, poems and some original poems. So um, feel free to, you know, just find me on YouTube. Yeah, and I, have I'll, my... I'll, I'll, I will link your, your channel and other stuff in the, in the show notes. So don't worry about that. They, they, will okay, be awesome. able, they will be able to find you. Awesome. And then on... <laughs> My podcast called The Create Wonder Show. I interview guests and um, about really uh, content creating and social media and um, building kind of business around uh, creating content. So uh, that's my podcast and uh, Twitter and Instagram. I'm active there if, if people want to connect or send me a DM. Excellent. Well, Joe, I've really, really enjoyed having you having you on for the last hour and a half just to chat and get you get your thoughts and uh yeah discuss discuss things with you so thank you for thank you for sharing your time with me thank you so much damien it's been uh fun
Indeed, indeed. All right, well, uh, look after yourself, Joe, and I'm, sh- I'm sure we will be continually interacting online in a very in a very friendly and non-combative way as you and I have been doing previously. Yeah, absolutely. I look <laughs> See forward you, to it. See you, buddy. Bye. And that concludes my chat with social media expert and future movie director, Joe Henkel. I hope you've got something out of it. If you want to find Joe Henkel, go find him on Twitter at the Joe Henkel. Otherwise, go to YouTube and search up Joe Henkel and you'll find his awesome poetry videos. Until next time, stay safe and look after yourselves.